Marcus steps up and buries it. This will be a wonderful goal. You're listening to the ESPN Footy Podcast. Hello, welcome to the ESPN Footy Pod. We're back for another week. Sorry we missed you all last week. Sometimes it really do be like that, but we're back. We're at the halfway point of the AFLW season, which I, I, we were literally just talking about it before we hit record and we're like, what do you mean it's the halfway season? We just started. That's ridiculous. But that does mean we have plenty of footy to talk about and we absolutely can't wait to crack into it. Before we do get into all of the chat, we want to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands we're recording on today, the Wurundjeri and Gadigal people, and pay our respects to their elders past and present. For today's episode, you've got me, Marissa Lordanik, Isadora McClay, and Imogen Evans. So, friendos. We've got to quickly talk about it. The fact that we are 50% of the way through the season because it is only a 10-week season. How are you guys feeling about the fact that, like, literally we're almost done, but we just started? Like, it just seems unfair. It seems stupid. I hate it. But how are you guys feeling about it? Loki's sad, hey. <laughs> like, <laughs> Massively. It's just, I mean, even because I haven't played a game yet, it's like time's running out, man. Like, I want to get on the field. Like, far out. you don't have a lot of time to kind of – prove your case, um, I guess, in this sport as of yet. So, yeah, a bit scared, a bit nervous, a bit anxious. Um, You know, as we were speaking about before, the ladder's so close as well. Like, yeah, a bit rattled. Yeah, especially I felt like pre-season went for so long. Like, I feel like we were doing pre-pre-season for so bloody long and now that we're already halfway through the season and, you know, it's only October and the first game was – you know, start of September. It's it's quite sad, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Should have brought the tissues with me. Yeah, I'm so sorry to have started the pod on such a dampener, but like we've got to talk about it because it's it's crap. But yeah, I and I hate it for both of you because um it's a big point of discussion in the ESPN offices, both in Melbourne and Sydney, that neither of you have played a game yet, and mm. we're like. Where are our interns? Give us our interns. We want the interns. Come on, guys. Let's go. We're, we're like two seconds away from calling up your respective coaches and being like, dude, come on. Come on. What are you doing here? But um, For the content. For the content. Come on. Just, just so that we can actually, like, talk to you guys about your game that you played in. Like, that's what I want for you guys. And, I like, it, on a more serious note, the fact that you're like, it's only a 10-week season, which means I only have, like, 10 real opportunities to kind of get a game and prove myself, and half of those have already gone. Like, that is terrifying. That is a really kind of big thing to sort of deal with. So I hate it. We all hate <laughs> it. <laughs> um, but let's talk about the actual footy. I'll quickly run through the results we had because it was a big weekend of footy, obviously. We had the men's grand final, so it was a big congrats to the Pies men. Imo came into the office and was like, go, go pies. pies, as she does. <laughs> but obviously we had lots of AFLW in and around that. So we started on Thursday night, which I don't know about you two, loved the Thursday night game, and we had Melbourne blowing past Geelong in the end. On Friday, we had a whole bunch of games. We had Frio beating Richmond, Carlton defeating Sydney, St Kilda ruining uh, the Bulldogs' homecoming party and West Coast getting their first win in 10 
games they beat Port Adelaide. We obviously had the Pies women also winning on Saturday. It was a good day for Collingwood. They beat Essendon. And then Sunday we had the Kangas defeating GWS, Brisbane beating Hawthorne and Adelaide beating Gold Coast. So unfortunately we're going to start with, because we're at the halfway point, we kind of like know what's happening now. We have a really good kind of idea of the shape of the ladder and teams kind of form lines and what their season might play out to look like. So we're going to start at the bottom end of the ladder, unfortunately. We still have two teams who have yet to notch up a win, and it's the Western Bulldogs and, unfortunately, is your mob, the Giants. So (laughs) tell us a little bit about the game. What kind of went wrong for you guys? Because, obviously, really disappointing, no goals. You did kind of limit North Melbourne. Like, they didn't put a huge score on you guys. But what kind of happened in that match? Yeah, I guess it was a low-scoring affair for both teams. Um, the first quarter, was there was no goals from either teams in the first quarter. I guess it's just sort of the scoring, our scoring. Um, our entries into forward 50 haven't been great. And our last quarters uh, have been shown. We've, we've, apart from that game, I think we've, yeah, we've only scored one point in last quarters this whole season. So... It's definitely a mental side of it. Um, it's just crazy because we know we can do it. I, it's just, I guess, the confidence in the girls. And we've had a pretty tough start of the draw. You know, we've faced Adelaide, uh, Melbourne, North. And then we've had two probably more winnable games against Richmond and Sydney, and we haven't been able to execute those. Um, yeah, I guess our, fun, our fundies in the middle and um, being able to execute decision-making um, it's all slowly coming together. You can see us getting better throughout the season. Our game plan is working. It's just we're just such a young group. I think we're like the youngest team in the comp. So I think it's just a lot of learning. And then this next month or the second half of the season, um, you know, we hopefully yeah get a get a few more wins on the board. But I think the girls know it's not just going to be handed to to us. Uh, there's also a lot of work that needs to be done. So yeah. How do you approach the season? Because, like, I'm sorry to keep harping on about it, but basically you've got, like, five more opportunities to kind of get a win, improve the game plan, actually see some reward for effort, all of that kind of stuff. So how do you actually mentally approach the back half of the season when you're in a position like you guys are? Yeah. So I guess surprisingly training, like, is has been good spirits. And I think when you're losing, you know, a lot of it's a ugh. I guess the bad stuff can really be emphasized I guess but uh the girls are in really good spirits and we have a really good 24-hour rule so it's kind of like got 24 hours to mourn and then all 24 hours to celebrate unfortunately we've been doing a lot of mourning lately um but we've got 24 hours and then we come to training and we just completely reset and each week I guess girls have been learning from, you know, the mistakes they've made at other games, but it's been, it's been tough. And I guess without a win, the spirits have been quite low, but I think every, we turn up to training and we just try to be as positive as we can. And yeah, we're, we're working towards something. It's just taking a bit of time. I like the 24 hour rule. I feel like more people (laughs) should apply that to like everyday life and stuff. Like if you had a bad day at work, it's like, no, we're sad about it for 24 hours and then we're moving on. Like I like that. You do have a a better run into the back end of the season. So you've got the Eagles on the weekend, which 
God willing, hopefully, is a win. You've got the Saints, Carlton, Gold Coast and Port. So there's definitely some more winnable games in amongst that. I said that the other team that hadn't won a game yet was the Bulldogs. So they've got Carlton, Adelaide, Sydney, West Coast and North. So they've got a slightly more difficult run home with games against Adelaide and North Melbourne. But do you think the Dogs can kind of pull something out. Imo, do you have any kind of takes on what's kind of gone wrong for them this season or what they can kind of get from this second half of the uh, season? Um, I, To be honest, I haven't like fully studied their performances by any means, but I've kind of paid attention to what some of the media are saying and that kind of stuff. Um, and it seems as though there's just kind of they're relying so heavily on their main plays in Ellie Blackburn and um, Kirstie Lamb. And footy's a team sport. Like, you know, you can't carry a whole team individually or with two people. It's just impossible. Um, and it was interesting. There was a um, – in Nathan Burke's press conference following the game, obviously their fifth consecutive loss – he made mention of the subpar professionalism of the squad, apart from Kirstie Lamb and Ellie Blackburn. Um, and I think that's a really interesting kind of topic, especially coming from a head coach and being so blunt about it, as you mentioned earlier, Marissa. But um, I don't know. I think that's something that, you know, you can – it's something that a team can definitely change, you know, it's a mindset but, um, yeah, hopefully they can just kind of end the season on, season on a positive and learn from their downfall sounds a bit dramatic. But, you know, there's no point not succeeding if you're not going to learn anything from it and take that and work towards a positive outcome. Um, but we, Isidore and I are actually writing a um, perspective piece this week on this kind of topic on whether it falls on the AFL or us as players to kind of, um, flip this mindset. Um, so I think it's an interesting conversation to have and I do respect Nathan Burke for coming out and saying it as it is. I suppose without kind of giving away the whole piece because people will be able to read it on espn.com.au, we love a cheeky plug here, what is the kind of, where do you sort of land? Who has the bulk of the responsibility when it comes to raising the standards? Is I'll go to you first. Um, yeah, me and Imo kind of have different sort of perspectives on this one. But I guess it's kind of the whole chicken and the egg argument. Um, I think definitely, I guess, even in all professional sporting teams, you have to put in the work. And I think, you know, any teams, especially ones that aren't probably doing the best, there are some players who probably aren't going doing what they can to be the best. But I think it's hard for players to sort of, um, well, I know only from my point of view, but it's hard for players to kind of put in all this work when, you know, you're coming straight from work to go to, um, to go to training. And a lot of the staff aren't even full time. So it's hard to kind of do what you can. To, it's sometimes it's the blind leading the blind. Like you've got players helping out other players because, you know, coaches aren't full time, so they're not. They can't. They're coming from work themselves to come and coach. So, I think it's a it's a difficult it's a difficult sort of conversation. It definitely is half and half. Like the competition um, can't grow if the players aren't putting in the work. But I guess there's not 
the players need to kind of just focus on playing themselves. I just don't think there needs to be as much responsibility into the players and into growing the game when I guess the AFL should be pulling their weight and, yeah. I agree in that it's a chicken or the egg situation, but from where I stand, I feel like we're not going to get much more from the AFL in terms of support. And I, I just believe in the competition so much that I think that there's a lot of room for improvement in the mindset of shifting it from being just part-time. Um, and I understand there are limitations for female athletes in sport because like the fact is we are part-time athletes. That That is it. But I think that there are some sacrifices that, you know, we can make for the benefit of the, the league in order to enhance our own performances and then kind of increase the watchability of the game, increase audience levels, all that kind of stuff, all those metrics that the AFL are measuring us on in order to force their hand into making us professional athletes sooner. Like if we give them no other choice but to improve our conditions because people are watching our sport, I think that's the best outcome because otherwise we're just going to have to sit and wait for another four years before it becomes a professional sport. So I guess my opinion is that we need to shift our mindset and get on the front foot with the improvements that can be made on an individual basis throughout the whole competition. It's genuinely such an interesting topic and I kind of like that you both have the differing perspectives because I think ultimately you both want the same thing. It's just about how we get there and I think that's everyone in the kind of women's footy community, whether that be like right up from the AFL to the players to all of the staff, everyone, everyone wants the same end goal. It's just about how we get there. Um, so I can't wait to read what you guys will produce. That'll be on ESPN.com.au. You can read that and plenty of other women's footy stuff. But um, let's move along to some of the games that we had in round five. I feel like it's I, I can't not mention that your pies got a win, a good win against Essendon in very kind of tricky conditions. How did you end up seeing that game and how important is the win for your guys' season? Yeah, so if we didn't win that game, I think it would have been very grim for the club as a whole because, as we know, we've got 10 games. Percentage is so important and we'd only, we'd have only had the one win prior to this game. So it was very important for our team's success and I think also of the overall feeling of the group. Um, so a positive in that. And I think that we just played four quarters of football, really. I think that's been our major downfall throughout the whole season. And we saw it in our first game against Melbourne. Like we played cert, like a great brand of football for and we just fell away in the second. And Melbourne are a great team and they've demonstrated that by playing four quarters of football consecutively. For what? How many games have they won in a row now? All of them. <laughs> like, like, it's crazy. So I think it's a, it's a good step in the right direction for us. Um, and then hopefully we can just continue the positive trajectory and keep getting the wins on the board so that we can secure our place in the top eight. A hundred percent. One of the other games we had on the weekend that I mentioned right off the top was West Coast getting their first win I know we, we've spoken a lot about the shortness of the seasons, but so West Coast were on a 10-game losing streak and because of the way the season is structured, that meant that that losing streak started in September last year. So they hadn't won a game in basically a whole year, which is okay. bananas. Like, a long time. Ab 
it's a long time and it I can only imagine how much relief there must have been amongst the group to finally get the win on the board. Um, did we have any kind of opinions on is this the start of something for West Coast? Should Port Adelaide have done better? Because I reckon a lot of people probably would have been tipping the power to beat West Coast respectfully. Um, but does it actually mean anything or is it almost like a bit of a a flash in the pan because we only have the 10-week season and on this occasion the Eagles were able to kind of get up and get the points? Um. Well, I'm hoping they don't win this week because they're playing the Giants, but... Um... I think we all feel that for the sake of this pod, yes. <laughs> um, uh, I feel like it was a bit of an upset, if I am honest, because I, I think Port Adelaide, the just the stars they have and what they've been able to get to their club, I would, any day of the week, I would have said, yeah, Port Adelaide will win this one. But for West Coast to come back and uh, it's quite amazing. And they've got quite a young, a young core that they're building there who are some of their best players. I feel like they're on the rise, but I, um, I think it's the start of something, but I'm, I would, I'm not penciling them in for a, five five in a row but it's the start and it's definitely it's good for the group I think that there's it's hard and I know that we talk about it every week but it's hard to gauge a team's success when you're only when you're not playing everyone and you only have 10 games because I think like Isidore mentioned it before like GWS are finally starting to like implement their game style into a game and maybe this is West Coast slowly being able to implement what they've been training for, what, an 18-week preseason. So it's hot. Even with, like, um, the Suns or, like, those up-and-coming teams, like, it's so hard to – you shouldn't underestimate any team at any point because you don't know when it's going to click because you don't have a lot to go off in terms of gauging the team's success because – it's not an even competition, if that makes any sense. Um, I mean, I, as West Coast, like, definitely take positives out of that, like that, an amazing achievement. But it'll be interesting to see how they go this week and if they can put, string together the same kind of performance against GWS. But um, I definitely think it's a struggle to put together as a team. Like, can, I think consistency is the hardest thing in this competition, basically. That's 100% it. If you aren't consistent, then you aren't doing it because it's a sprint. Like, you have to get it right from the start and you have to keep getting it right. Otherwise, and we've spoken about this a lot and I'm pretty sure one of your first pieces, the pair of you, was just about, like, how you deal with a loss in such a short season. And it is, like, the ramifications of a loss are just so magnified in a season this short. So it's fascinating and interesting one of my favorite parts of this game and I said it to you guys before we started recording it was a bit spicy it was a bit physical it was a bit how you going at times and my absolute favorite part was West Coast got a free kick and some of the girls were still kind of remonstrating there was some pushing there was some harsh words exchanged and Ash McCarthy had the free kick and she's like I'm just going to go and score. Like, you guys keep doing you. I'm going to go and score. And she literally did just kind of – it was right at the top of the square. So she's waltzed in, kicked the goal, and 
plenty of her teammates and the opponents were still just kind of having a, a heated discussion. So that made me giggle because mm. I just think it's so funny. But, you know, you were saying as well, like a little bit of Biff, it's funny more than anything yes. else for you guys. I think and it's like, great. Like, I love it. Um, get a bit of fiery words. Like I'm not very good with what to say, but I think it's, I think it's fun. I think it's funny. Like in the moment, like it's heated and then you can kind of, you know, at the end of the game, shake hands and be like, love you so much. Like all the best next week. But I think it creates a bit of drama, a bit of intrigue into the game as well. Like, I don't know. I just like, I love it. It's fun. It's a part of the physicality. Like I think we should keep it, but no doubt there's going to be a bit of a review about that because ideally you don't want to just let someone waltz into the goal square and get it through the big sticks. So a hundred percent. Is how are you with the smack talk? Are you better than him? <laughs> I'm not very good, but I, I find it funny. <laughs> I think it's good. It's good. I just laugh. I don't. I don't really have anything. To, I'm not that quick witted off the top. <laughs> but I, I think it's funny. Mm. I feel like if I was a professional athlete, which I am quite obviously not, my brain would also be like, I'm so busy thinking about what I have to do. I can't think of a comeback right now. Like, <laughs> don't talk to me. I'm, I'm too busy thinking about, like, what the game plan is, where I need to be, if there's, like, I need to come off the ground at any point in the next five minutes. Like, don't talk to me right now. I'm very busy. <laughs> but no, um, it's very, like I said, I do think it's funny as well. And I do like that. Well, based on the very small sample size of you two that most of you do look at it as a joke like you you can separate the kind of like crossing the white line coming off the white line sort of yeah um, yeah it's definitely a white line fever thing like mm-hmm. I mean in the moment like I'm sure I'm so mad but then like when I you know I'm cross the, the breaks or whatever like after the game I'm just like oh fun and laughter but certainly not like that in the moment that's for no. sure Definitely not. There's one more game we want to talk about from round five. And, Imo, this was one that you kind of penciled in that you wanted to talk about. It was Brisbane beating Hawthorne. So what did you see? What did you want to talk about? Um, Well, I flicked this one on in the middle of the first quarter and I was just shocked to see Hawthorne in the lead at some point. And I was kind of just wondering what the hell was going on. This was very unexpected. Um, And I think kind of similar to what we are talking about with West Coast. Like, I was impressed, like, that, that they could hold Bris- like, or nullify Brisbane's ball movement to that degree with just their sheer pressure. Um, and I think it's an example to any other team that will come up against them in the next five weeks, that, like, pressure is going to be a way that you can beat Brisbane, but you're just going to have to be able to hold it for the whole four quarters, which is obviously a huge challenge and Brisbane ended up wearing Hawthorne down by the end of it. But, like, what a crazy game. Like, who saw that coming? Not me. Definitely not. And it's good that, again, it sounds so condescending, but, like, when we talk about (laughs) the newer teams or the teams that haven't won, when it's like you can see what they're trying to do, but they didn't win. Like, I hate that it the way that sounds, but it is good for Hawthorne to see that things are coming together. It must have been yes. a very interesting day for your M Bates and your Greta Bodie coming up against your old side. Yeah. Um, there were some interesting comments, or not interesting, again, similar to Berkey where it's like, I'm listening to what you're saying. Craig Stasevich was talking about, you know, dealing with expansion, dealing with losing players and, like, I suppose 
the, he's always been very proud of the Brisbane Lions and what he has created and yeah. fair enough because they're a very good team and have been for basically the entire history of the AFLW. Um, but, yeah, he was talking about, like, you know, when players leave, there's almost from his perspective, like, why do you want to leave our program? Our program's so, like, we've done so much for you. So I thought that was really interesting and there were some good discussions kind of on other outlets and at other podcasts about like what it means in the competition for players to be moving around so much and I suppose for footy to not always be the main reason for Mm. a move if that makes sense um do either of you kind of have any opinions on player movement like do you think we will continue to see as many players move around and also maybe ones that we didn't expect for example like two premiership lions moving to a team that had only existed for a season you know what I mean well I think as the competition sorry um Dora but as the competition gets more popular and like we saw with the new CBA that we've got a pay increase like there's more money on offer for those kinds of elite top-end players. So I think we will definitely be seeing more players move around. But I think it's really interesting that Stas was saying, talking about why they didn't stay because of the nature of the program because that's something, like, I personally, like, I love the group at Collingwood. And it's, like, even me, like, the thought of going somewhere else, and I don't know if you're the same, Dora, like, I don't know. It just feels wrong, but yeah, like it's a sport. Like at the end of the day, like it's a business and it's your job and that's what's in the job description. But for some, like I'm with stars in like, if I love it so much, like why would I want to leave? But I guess there's like, yeah, it is. It's a, it's a business and like, it's brutal sometimes. Like sometimes you don't have a choice. Sometimes you're like, we don't want you see you later and you're like what but I loved you so much but yeah I know I just think that's really interesting from stars yeah um I would say especially you know in the AFLW competition I guess players leaving there's a lot more to it than uh male in men in the men's competition changing clubs especially ones who've been there from um I guess the start um yeah, so Em Bates leave and she's she was there from the very beginning. And I guess, you know, she won a premiership. She won Best and Fairest. You, you kind of want a new challenge, um, which I think is totally fair. I think things can, you know, you just want a bit of change. Um, but, yeah, I couldn't imagine leaving, you know, the Giants, you know, the group of people I have. But I guess, you know, different stages of career and everything. Um, and a lot of girls you know, have moved for work opportunities, you know, mm. study. So because obviously part-time, so there's also other aspects of, you know, what you want the future to look like. It's so interesting. I think it is fascinating and I kind of can't wait to see, without like skipping ahead to the end of the season, even though it's very close too much, what we kind of see in the off-season in terms of player movement. Um, we... Like, there's two teams that we need to talk about, but not because of their round five results necessarily. We need to look ahead to round six. So both Melbourne and Adelaide got wins over the weekend. They are now 5-0, and o, completely undefeated. We spoke about it as well. The Ds have just not lost in forever. Like, they just keep winning. 
they play each other this weekend. So I feel like we need to dedicate just a little bit of time to that game coming up on the weekend because it could be, you know, a grand final preview the way these two teams are going. So I would love both of your thoughts. Who wins and why? <laughs> I'm asking uh, big questions. It's my job. <laughs> it's hard. I'm I'm picking Melbourne to win. I just think they have stars everywhere in every position. Not that Adelaide doesn't, but I, I'm more confident in Melbourne to take the win. And from what I've seen, their skill is impeccable. Yeah. I think, yeah, Melbourne. I'm going to have to tip them. I, they're, like, I don't know if we've mentioned it, but they percentage at the moment that they're the only team on over 300. And that's, that's amazing for halfway through a season. And I think their ability to just put scores on the board is clearly unmatched. So I would definitely back Melbourne in. But I think this is kind of like left of field. But I think Mel- the way Melbourne play football is showcasing the potential for AFLW as well. Like that's what it can look like, the competition can look like. Um, if like it, I think it just shows that it's possible. Do you know what I mean? I know that just kind of popped in my head, but like the way they play football is incredible and it's super exciting to watch. And I love watching Melbourne. And I think that's something in itself. They're absolutely the benchmark team. And I totally get like, if we could have an entire league of kind of Melbourne's playing each other, that would be just every game fun, entertaining like it would be absolutely incredible not to be boring but I will also be tipping Melbourne because I just (laughs) I don't like and I think Adelaide are an excellent team but it's just you it feels like you can't pick a weakness in this Melbourne side they only get better as games go on I read a stat somewhere that like they just keep winning fourth quarters as well like the last time they didn't win a fourth quarter was also the last time they lost a game, which was several years ago. So just like they're just good. Everyone's good. And um, we spoke about a little bit about how, you know, other teams are relying too heavily on one player. They don't rely on anyone because there is always someone else to pitch in. And if you have two or three or four of your players all like hitting their maximum at the same time, it's like, you can't compete with that. It's so good. And Kate Hall, oh, my God, Kate Hall. Um, I wrote it in the rundown as just like a quick kind of left field question. Do we think that she could actually end up bagging like leading goal kicker and best and fairest in the same season? Is that something that she can do the way she has gone about her footy this season? Definitely, definitely. She's a standout in every game and the umpires would definitely be seeing it. So I would... Yeah, definitely say she would be winning the best and fairest. Yeah, and I think if Melbourne can keep being self-efficient in forward 50 as they are, it gives her all of the opportunity to be able to put scores on the board like that. It's I can't, like I'm just so happy we get to watch her play for you. I know. Okay. Like, I can't wait, can't wait to do it again this weekend. Um, but speaking of this weekend, shall we have a look at round six? And what is coming up is you said that you guys are playing West Coast. 
how are you feeling? What's the kind of talk been in terms of how you guys approach this game? It's at home, which is always a good one. You don't have to head west, but how are you guys feeling about taking on the Eagles? Um, we're feeling good. Um, obviously, we know that we're not just because just because we've faced some harder teams that, you know, now we're sort of not just playing some easier teams now. We, we're just going to get a win. We know for a fact that we're definitely, we've got a, really fight hard for this one. But um, the vibes are good. I think a home game in front of a home crowd on a Saturday in Sydney, it's 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 going to be good. And I think we're going to have a positive training week this week. We know what we need to work on and I think we can get the victory. That's what we love to hear. Imo, your pies have the Lions. How are you guys feeling? How are you approaching that? Because we've definitely spoken about the Lions very positively and we know that they are a very good side. So how are you guys kind of approaching this game? Um, I think it's just about matching Brisbane. Like they are a very strong side um, and I think every time we always love versing them because it's always such an exciting game and they always enter it in such a pack mentality like they're going to win it together, not singularly. Mm. And I think that's something that we also need to bring into this game. Um, and I think there's, you know, a bit of extra fire on the belly, seeing as our pies got over the the lines in the grand final as well. So continuing that trend would be elite. And I think if we got the W this weekend, then that sets us up for a really positive end to the season. And I think that could completely tra- change the trajectory of our season compared to what it was two weeks ago. Absolutely. I like what you mentioned there about just, I suppose, the trajectory. We won't go into it this week. That'll be a next week thing about just like where the ladder sits, teams run home, who's actually going to make the eight and what the ladder will look like. But for now, we will quickly end. Are there any other games you guys are looking forward to this weekend? Obviously, the Melbourne Crows one is the big big one, but are there any others that are tickling your fancy? Um, I'm excited to see you know, Bulldogs and Carlton, mm. I reckon that would be quite interesting. Um, probably both kind of evenly matched um, despite the latter different differentiation. Difference, <laughs> sorry, despite the latter difference. Um, it will be interesting. Also, Wittenoval is a great spot to watch AFLW and being back on that deck for Bulldogs and not getting the win last week and mm. I think they'll be wanting to prove something this week. Absolutely. I'm just really excited for the Melbourne Crows game. <laughs> so exciting. It's it's such a cop-out answer, but, yeah, because it really is just like I want to watch that. I want to watch yeah. that right now. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of intrigued by Gold Coast Richmond because I feel yeah. like they're at a similar level and I'm sure the Suns would have been really hurting that they didn't get the win and I suppose ditto Richmond, so kind of interested to see how those two match up and what comes of that but I think that's us done for today thank you so much for tuning in remember all of your AFLW needs are covered over on ESPN.com.au we have articles from these two we've got articles from Ellie McNerney as well plenty of goodness over there so check it out make sure you do your tips don't forget to do your footy tips and we'll catch you next week Don't miss another episode of the ESPN Footy Pod by subscribing wherever you stream your podcasts.